0: The beginning. um uh, What was your childhood like? And you know, what was your first football in memory?
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. I had loads of fun growing up. Uh, obviously, played played tons of football, but um spent a lot of family time uh, as well. My earliest, my earliest football memories would have been uh, playing with my brother. He's seven, seven years older than me. So very much used to take me down the field, stick me in goal, boot balls at me, pretty much. Um, and then we just take it in turns really from there It'd just be us two sort of kicking the ball around for, for hours on end. Um, coming back absolutely covered in mud, mum, mum hosing us down outside the front door. Um, but yeah, happy, happy childhood. Um, like I say, played, played tons of football, local football, um, Sunday league, uh, Saturday football, everything, anything I could get my hands on really school football, county football, um, everything.
0: And, um, like with your mum i mean um was your mum very uh encouraging in terms of kind of active sports and football um, in in particular
1: yeah definitely yeah she used to come to well we spent a lot of time initially obviously watching my brother's games because i would have been too young to have a team so he would have been playing like under 10s under 11s and i'd be i'd go along and we'd watch the games and well, I wouldn't watch obviously a game. I'd be running up and down the side of the pitch kicking a ball around <laughs> myself. Um but yeah, then we've always been very sort of family orientated in that respect. My my stepdads came into my life when I was about seven, I think. Um, and we had an instant connection um regarding he was very athletic, very sporty, um, and big football fan himself. So we we hit it off straight away, really. Um and then, since since then, it's been sort of football every day since. Mm.
0: And uh, what was the first football match you watched on television? I'm actually really intrigued to know.
1: Oh, oh, I don't know. You know, I used to watch. I used to watch everything. So I would have. I was obviously. I'm getting on a bit now. So <laughs> when Sky Sports, um, the, it wasn't as good as it is now. I think we have so many games on all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have just. It would have been Arsenal, um, definitely. Whether or not I would have sat and concentrated for the ninety minutes, I don't know. But um, once I got a little bit older, I started to become a bit, a little bit of a, a stato. I knew everything about every Arsenal player. Um, my brother used to uh, get pretty annoyed because I wouldn't shut up for the whole game talking about how many assists that Burkamp had in the last <laughs> seven games or, or whatever it was. But um, <clears throat> Yeah, I've always been uh, a big sort of devourer of football. If you like, I, I love watching games because I think, like like everyone else, even though we play football for a living, we we still love love the game, love everything about it. So,
0: mm. and was you that type of boy that would go to bed with a football? Was a football close to you, or you know, uh, what was that that kind of emotional attachment with with the ball itself?
1: yeah probably probably not so much to be honest I, I i loved being outside kicking the ball around um more than anything i don't think my mum would have allowed footballs in the house to be honest um so yeah it was very much first thing i wanted to do when i get up was have breakfast get some clothes on and get outside whether that be the garden luckily enough i had a big field outside my house so would spend hours with my with my best mate playing playing out there so just morning till till evening really um mm. like i alluded like i alluded to earlier i'm getting on a bit now so we didn't we had like a playstation one playstation two or whatever oh, but wow so,
2: PlayStation social media, one.
1: wow <laughs> social media wasn't obviously a thing so it was very much like you didn't have much to do unless you were outside so mm-hmm.
0: and what was the age that you consciously knew that yeah you know what I'm actually kind of good at this sport and you know how like did your family and your peers um kind of re- react to your talent
1: uh I think I was when I when I was initially growing up I grew up in Kent um like around sort of chatham Gillingham area which is mm-hmm. obviously a hotbed hotbed for football so I was lucky enough that I played in in a pretty good side um with with some good players so I, don't, I wouldn't say I really stood out at seven eight nine but we didn't really and even sort of when we moved up to Cambridge Peterborough way where it is absolutely not a hotbed of football there is no football (laughs) around there whatsoever Mm -hmm. Peterborough Cambridge and Norwich are about the only ones Northampton and even those are sort of they're not close to each other so um but we had had some good players we had players that played um like in like academies for Histon who were I don't even know if they're still going actually but they would have been in the conference and we had a lad in our team that and my school as well that, that played for Wales all the way up to eighteens, nineteens, I think. So I wasn't even the best the best player in my school. Not not even by a long way. There was three or four probably better than me. So it wasn't until I was sort of 16, 17 and, and made my first sort of steps into the men's game where I probably started to stand out a little bit. I think physically I, I'd grown quite a lot. Not that I'm particularly big now, but um I was very small growing up. So, yeah, 15, 16 um, was probably when when people started to to notice that I had a, had a, had a talent for it, if you like. Um, in terms of my, my family's reaction to it, I think, obviously, your family always believe in you. So um, they probably believed in me more than I believed in myself. Well, that would definitely be true, to be honest. So I think once, once the men's football came around and I, I started to stand out, it was... Um, The case of just riding the wave, really. I was just really enjoying the football, and uh, obviously my family were coming to watch games and watching me getting booted up in the air by fully grown men. So, (laughs) and so like making that
0: transition into high school as well. You know, um, there's there's a lot of yeah, just you know distractions, but of course academically, you know, there's a you know that's kind of something that you know. All, like parents want our kids to to like you know achieve like the highest that they possibly can. I mean, w- what was your social circle like? Uh, academically, how how did you treat you know treat that that area of your life? And um, you know, and of course, like the sports side of it as well. What what was the balance?
1: Yeah. Uh... So. <laughs> Obviously, I've got a four-year-old now, so um, it's funny because he asked me what I was like at school and stuff. Um, and I was probably like right on the edge of being—I um, probably, I probably call it cheeky, but it wasn't far off being like a little bit too far, I would say. But um, we've, I've got a really good um, circle of friends that I'm still still friends with now, um, all similar interests and, and things like that. So, and they're all just really grounded people who have gone on to have success in sort of every field that um, they've gone into. So. I was lucky with that and we were quite a disciplined household, I would say. So there was never distractions. It was, but the fear factor was too big for me, I think. So I never really got involved in, in anything like that. It was very much just, if things started to go south, I, I would just leave and, and go home really, cause I didn't, didn't want to face the consequences of, uh, <laughs> what was going to happen <laughs> at home if, if I got caught doing anything like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, I was very lucky in that respect, um with a good social circle, like you said, and obviously my, my family as well always kept me kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, I always enjoyed school to be honest. I, I still study now so um it must have been it must must have been all right. So um <laughs> yeah it was always like you say it was it was stressed to me the importance of it and I, I'm glad um that I managed to obviously come into football the way I did having having got all my qualifications and stuff.
0: Mm. And you can have said at it high school that you wasn't really like the best and you know there were a lot of players that were that were better than you know than you and literally how how like did you fit into your football side of it at like high school? Um, where you were you, a, you know, where you were like a vocal um type of player. Actually what what position did you take up playing at high school? very intrigued
1: so i was always small and always quick so it was either sort of out wide or or up top really um i've always always played there i don't remember ever playing anywhere else to be honest i don't think i'd do much of a much of a job anywhere else i don't (laughs) i'm not i'm not sure i'd want to play if i had to play center half to be honest so um it's very much just um go to school come home play play all weekend games on a sunday and then i'd probably where where we used to play was was there was tons of pitches so we'd usually just finish the game and just in my kit just stay up there and, and kick a ball around even even longer to be honest so mm-hmm. um but i think i never really got tired of it because it wasn't it wasn't structured for me if you like i didn't have the mum and mum and dad having to drive me two or three hours to training every night and six o'clock seven o'clock or whatever going to an academy i I was quite lucky in that respect i -hmm. I think anyway obviously i probably missed out on a lot of technical coaching and things like that but at the same time would i trade that in for for the life i had um probably not okay
0: and what was your first sunday league team that you played for uh
1: so down in kent it would have been a team called random 84 and then up here, well, up here, not here anymore, uh, Cambridge <laughs> Way would have been um, St. Ives Rangers. And then moved on to Needingworth, and, and finally played for um, St. Ives Town was my mm-hmm. first was semi-pro they were at the time, the first team. So
0: Okay. Uh, and at Sunday League, what was the best bit of advice that anyone gave to you?
1: I think it was, it was. always just the enjoyment of it. I mean, we weren't. We were, we were an okay team. We we probably we were in around the in the mix for, um. For winning titles and things like that, we never really won a lot. We won a few cups here and there. Um, it, all the lads just really enjoyed it. I think was the was the biggest takeaway from that. We were all really close friends at school. We all went to the same school. Um, so we'd be talking about the games relentlessly. Whatever had happened on the Sunday, Monday morning it was a debrief if you like. So (laughs) that was, that was always good fun. So, yeah, I would just say just, just the sheer enjoyment of it. I think because we were, there was a lot of teams that took it a hell of a lot more seriously than we did. So, um, I think, yeah, I think we just fed off the fact that we were all just good mates who happened to play football together.
0: And, and then were you a championship winning Sunday league team? Like, you know, um, was it like we'll just en- go and just enjoy, and then probably go like for a couple of drinks afterwards? What what was the dynamic?
1: Yeah, so if, yeah, it was because, like I say, there was there just wasn't that many teams really. It wasn't it wasn't like it is Stirling, Kent, and, and the areas around London where it's almost like it gets hyped up to be up to be big things and there's big crowds that go and there's lots of scouts and, and things like that. It just wasn't the case when, where I lived. So. Yeah, like you say, it was very much just just enjoy it. And in terms, of, I think we won a few cups. We never we never won a league. Um, there was teams sort of nearer Cambridge that, that took it a lot more seriously, and, and a lot of those lads got picked up. Um, but the the one the cups we did win were were great, and the happiest obviously moments of my of my childhood were were picking up trophies with, with my school friends.
0: And what's your um fondest memory playing Sunday league in terms you know in terms of maybe a goal that you scored in a in a game?
1: Uh I think one of our first our first trophies I, I scored a hat trick in a final so that would probably be the, the biggest one. I must have been 13, 14 and you walk around school feeling 10 foot tall talking, <laughs> talking about it and
0: okay okay and and does does that enjoyment and she, when you kind of think of that memory, you know, um, is it kind of something that you sometimes go back to, or like you know, is it just something that's just part of your journey?
1: Yeah, I think I, I've always been quite a, a a big reflector, if you like. As and when when I'm having low moments in football, as as everybody does, um, because it's not all sunshine and rainbows and Premier League money and, and things like that. Um, you think. Why, why am i playing what what is it that that i'm playing for the enjoyment or or whatever it is and i think back to those i think back to that 10 11 12 year old kid who just absolutely loved kicking the ball around and the game was the game was everything to him um and obviously he's he's still in there um he's just weighed down by a lot of expectation and, and things like that as well so yeah it's nice to, to look back and, and think um think think back upon those memories and that's and to why I, why i still play and why i enjoy it so much
0: Okay, cool. Uh, and we have a comment here from from Mark, Charlton Legend. Wow, oh, that's, that's that's oh, that's huge. That's huge, Connor. <laughs> Charlton Legends, right there. <laughs>
1: but, but, There's but okay. a club, club I love, love playing for. Um, so lucky to to have played for for such a big club. Um, and yeah. been lucky throughout my career, to be honest, that I've managed to play for for clubs that have, that have had a lot of success. And I, I wish Charlton all the best, and I hope they get back to to where they belong. Yeah.
0: So that move from Sunday League to semi-pro at St. Eve's Town, um, how did how did that come about?
1: So I actually had quite a, I probably had 12 months out of the game, um, I had a knee injury which like I say, I wasn't in the academy at the time so we went to the hospital and, and they diagnosed me with a grade one medial strain which was about as far from the actual truth as possible so I just basically didn't play for a year I just couldn't I couldn't get this knee right so I ended up working I was working in a pub on a Saturday um so I couldn't play anyway Saturday Sunday and and then I I just started to sort of get myself back fit get strong in the gym and things like that when I was sort of 16 you know that sort of age where you want to get big and strong and get some biceps for the ladies and things like that so um and I I realized that the knee wasn't so bad and, and that I could play on it and then um i started playing for the under 18s team at at st ives town Um, and it was a similar sort of setup to be honest it was just real enjoyment the the team was relatively new it hadn't been hadn't been around for long and it was just basically lads from my school in my my year and obviously the couple of years above because i was 16 they some of them were 18 or whatever so just started like i say I, i go back to it a lot but it's just that enjoyment i just really enjoyed playing with those lads under good management um and it was just good crack, just a good laugh. Um, we were relatively successful, got got far in some sort of county competitions. But it's, sorry, um, similar to my Sunday league team, wasn't um, we weren't setting the world alight. But I scored, I scored a lot of goals that year. And then obviously the reserve team and the first team were in the same building, if you like. So they basically said, like, we'd like you to come and we we've sort of heard about you doing well for the for the 18s. So come and train with us, come and play with us. Um, and then just kicked on from there, really.
0: Wow. And you, um, you like, spoke about having a like a year out um, because of a because of a knee injury. And um, did, how did how did that affect you? And um, and again, you kind of alluded that whatever the diagnosis was, it wasn't really the, like the issue. I mean, how how was like that for you mentally? Just kind of knowing that you couldn't play football for for a year.
1: I sort of got to that age where you feel like you've missed the boat with football anyway, because you've not been in an academy, you're sort of 14, 15, a few failed trials and and things like that, and nothing ever came of it. So in in my head, that ship had sailed, if you like, the the professional football route. So um, it was very much just head down, studying GCSEs, A-levels, and then see see where that was going to take me, really. Obviously I was hopeful that I'd get back playing in some capacity, um at some point but I think it was an important time in my life to to realize how much I missed it I think because as soon as I it wasn't so much that I missed it when I wasn't playing because I would still be around football and things like that but the um definitely having the year out and then going back to play and made me realize obviously what what I'd missed if you like for the, the past 12 months
0: and the move to Newport County how again I mean um how did that come about? And and again, like we're like talking, you know, like a few thousands. So, you know, you're so again there's there's a kind of different emphasis now. Uh, and let's see how did you again cope with that type of pressure? Uh I would like love to kind of have, you know, like that conversation between you and your family about that move. And um, yeah, just I'd say just a whole anticipation um about that transfer
1: yeah so like i said i was so 16 i started probably sitting on the bench for the first team was was coming on making an impact um at st ives town and then i must have spent another another season what up in 18 19 something like that um and i played the played the whole season basically um 50 50 odd games i i was a bit more of a, a man if you like by that point 17 18 i'd, I'd sort of grown into myself and just scored every game. Basically, I think I scored fifty-two in oh, wow. in fifty. Um and there was some rumours, obviously, like clubs relatively local um, had, had heard about me, Cambridge and, and Peterborough, and things like that. Um, and my agent, who he's still my agent now, he he can, he'd come to watch a game. It was Newport Newport Paganall away, I think. And I, I played I played all right and scored. Um, and he, he said, I, "I see something in you." Um, Will you put your trust in me basically that that we will look after you and obviously at this point I'm thinking um I'd been to uni I sort of dropped out of uni after a year because I wasn't enjoying my course um I was just redoing some GCSEs that because I, I needed to bump the grades up to I needed to be in GCSE maths I think because I was going to go in the, the the air force with my okay. my brother's in the air force so it was very much just like yeah we'll just just see what happens um so signed up with him and he was pretty good friends with Justin Edinburgh, who was the Newport County manager at the time. Um, and he basically rang him up and just said, "Listen, I've got this kid. It's going to cost you five grand or whatever to, to get him out. Um, I don't think you'd ever see me play or anything like that. You might might have seen a few clips, but when you're playing five five leagues below the conference, there wasn't much filming <laughs> going on. <laughs> um, so he very much just went off my agent's word that that, that mm-hmm. I, I might I might have something. So, um. Yeah, it was a roller coaster. I just remember sitting by the phone for for hours on end over three or four days. I actually dropped my phone down the toilet. Would you believe that's how much much (laughs) I was, I had it with me Um, and I had to, I had to use my, I was living with a guy who who owned a house um, a few years older than me. And a lot of the deal actually got constructed on his phone because my phone had died. Um, Yeah. So, so nervous that I'd, I'd messed it up because <laughs> I'd uh, lost my, I'd lost access to my phone. Um, but it was, it was very much just like, I think I signed about 18 months there. So it was just like, well, I can always come back to what I'm doing now. So it wasn't like I was doing anything special and, and whatever. I was just um, sort of getting my ducks in a row, if you like, ready to, to make the next step in my career. So, um, yeah, it was just let's, let's go and enjoy it. And I, I still remember it now as a Hilton Hotel just outside Newport, just as you get over the bridge. Um, And I'd signed and they'd given me a a shirt to take home or whatever. And obviously, when you're playing non-league, you just have a number. So if you were on the bench, you'd have a 12 or a 13 or whatever. Well, not 13, but. um, And I remember I got Washington 25 on the back of this shirt and it was just the most incredible, incredible. I think I might might have the photo somewhere. I took the photo and sent it to my family and and things like that. Mm. I was thinking of Arsenal players who had the 25 shirt, not many of them, but... Mm. all had it I think at the time so yeah, um, yeah it was just so surreal then um, wow. to be to be a professional footballer if you like I think we were in the conference at the time so it was a really big a really big step up
0: mm. and uh, can you remember your first training session and and I, was it was it the case of trying to prove to the senior pros or the you know other pros there before that you like belonged there and and also as well what was your initiation song if you did
1: one, I was absolutely horrific. In- <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not so much I remember one thing in particular, but it was just uh, just like vivid memories of giving the ball away and thinking, "Oh my god, this level is a hundred times too too good for me." Because it's not—I wasn't technically brilliant at. Um, at non-league level, if you like. There was players that were technically better than me, better first touches, better passers, better shooters, or whatever, but I would just had something very raw that I could just beat a man. I could score um, like very good at timing, runs off the shoulder and things like that. And <clears throat> a lot of my attributes don't translate into small possession games or passing drills and things like that. So Justin Odenberg must have been thinking, oh my God, this agent has had my pants down. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was tough, like mentally it was tough because you, you put all your eggs in this basket, if you like, that you're going to be a professional footballer. And I was miles away from it. And I think it's funny because you look at my career and it's just sort of gone like that. Um, but I didn't feel like that at the time. Um, I, d- I don't think I played, I don't think I played a minute for a good few months when I was there. In that first season, I only made maybe six appearances, I think, from November to the end of the season. and. We got promoted via Wembley, but I wasn't in. I was in the stand. I wasn't in the squad for Wembley. Uh, I was in the squad for the first leg of the semi final, but not not the second leg. So um, yeah, it was it was tough. And obviously, it looks when you look back, it's rose tinted glasses and, and things like that. But yeah, it was it was a tough time. I, I, I found it really difficult because the the atmosphere and the the whole vibe of being a professional footballer was just very different to to what I'd imagined it. It was it's a brutal place, especially at those. Um, Those lower levels.
0: And your initiation song?
1: Uh I've done it every single time, I think. Uh Bon Jovi Living on a Prayer.
0: Oh, classic, 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 classic. Yeah. Uh, Probably a very Uh... nervous, shaking (laughs) one. Um, so from Newport County to Peterborough, um, how how did that um transfer happen?
1: So, like I say, I I spent the first basically I signed in like a November, which is obviously a bit of a weird one anyways, cause I'd never had a pre-season. So I, I went back to Newport with a year left on my contract. We've gone up to league two. I remember having a conversation. I, I don't know if we spoke about it the first time we spoke, but I remember it so vividly. It's just sitting in the front room with my mum and my, and my stepdad. And I just said like, I'm just going to give it everything for 12 months. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So mm. I went back and just ran myself into the ground. Um, ate like a monk for, for the whole preseason. Uh, tried to get in the best shape possible. Um but I remember there was a couple of runs we'd done around that Justin in the room was brutal with his preseason runs. I remember actually just I physically vomited as I was running and just kept running. Just wow. kept just finished finished the lap off. It was just just so alien to anything I'd experienced before. Um I remember the first couple of days training I just just sort of caught fire, if you like. I think the the attitude of, right, I'm just giving it a go and getting the pre-season under my belt and feeling maybe a little bit more comfortable at, at that level um, just really helped me. And I remember so so many of the lads said to me, it was like, oh, I was a different person. I didn't even realise I could actually play football before. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think, I don't know if I started the first game of the season. I think I did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just so I hadn't played at all in the conference and sort and of mm-hmm. took took League Two by storm really. I, I was involved in everything, I was getting goals, assists. And then by the time the January had come around, I think I'd scored maybe eight and maybe six or seven assists. I was playing sort of in between up front and off the off the left hand side. Um and Peterborough were looking for for a player that in those sort of positions and um I don't know how far up their list of I was, if you like, but that's the beauty of football. Um, you just got to be in the right place at the right time and be available. Um, and yeah, the, by the time the January had finished, I was—I was a League One player. Oh, wow. Did, do you think you—you you kind of suffered from the? Um,
0: oh, it's that kind of um, syndrome where, especially at New at Newport, it's that I forgot Imposter? the name, but yeah, that's it—imposter yeah. uh, syndrome. It's like, oh. Oh crap! I don't belong here. And then what you said to your to your mom and your stepdad is like, look, I'm gonna literally give this twelve months of hard work in that first year. Do you think you did yourself justice, or uh, no? You know, or again, was it just that imposter syndrome? You think, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't believe I'm here. People are gonna find me out. People think I, that I'm a fraud.
1: I think I've had that every up until probably the last few years. I've had that every time I've moved, to be honest, because uh, like I say, my career just sort of just kept jumping at such crazy um, intervals. It was just, it was coming around and every two years I was jumping a league or like I say, with Newport, it was within a year, I, I jumped up a two level, three levels gone from conference to league one. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think I found it very difficult to sort of impose myself being 18, and I'd never been in an academy, so like I say, the environment was very different. It was a brutal environment, like there, obviously there's not loads of money down there. Um, people are fighting for their careers every day in training, um, whether you're in the team or out of the team is the difference between uh, getting a contract next year, which is the difference between mortgage payments and things like that. It's a, it's a tough place to be. Um, it really is. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was a little bit of both, to be honest. But, yeah, that imposter syndrome doesn't, it's not the sort of thing that you, just goes away after 18-19. I think, I think most players um, would, would probably be, it, will, will have had it at least once or twice in their career, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm.
0: And your time at Peterborough, I mean, again, you know, um, that, like, you know, must have been uh, a great feeling, being, being like, part of um, Posh's his club and, and literally how, like, the team was at that time.
1: Yeah, it was great because they had such a great reputation for um bringing players like myself in sort of polishing them up if you like and shipping them off to the next mm-hmm. to the next team um, which i think is it's a great business model and it's um it's also conducive to good football obviously because you need your attacking players to be scoring goals and um, mm-hmm. to get them recognized to get them moves, um which is great for the fans and i think they've had they've had great success so i think the championship's just been a level too far for them um mm-hmm. in terms of of infrastructure well obviously i'm probably speaking out of turn there because it's been a long time since i was there but, <laughs> um in terms of investment in the squad and, and things like that i think they've always been great and um the scouting and barry fry and, and dara the owner that they've got they've done brilliant over the over the few years so yeah it was it was a great honor for me and obviously that was relatively local to home as well i could live mm-hmm. at home and drive in so um which was which was a really good period in my life uh, I learned from a lot of good players there I played up front with I think it was uh on um he was on he was on course for the league one golden boot at the time so it was great to be around players of of that caliber
0: yeah and you know being being in front of you know um a crowd like uh, you know Peterborough um again like I can imagine they've like very that yeah that they're, they're very passionate uh, great winning scoring goals not so great win, like you know, you kind of go through a like a dry spell. Um, it, what was your relationship with um, the light like, crowd and the, the supporters, home home and away?
1: Um, mostly good, I, I would I would hope, but um, I'm sure I'm sure some of them like every that like, is foot is so opinion based, isn't it? Football, uh, probably 50 Some some would say I was good, some would say I was terrible, and, and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I've had some had some funny moments. I remember, I think it was game against Doncaster. I think we ended up winning the game 5-1 and I did score. But I'd missed like a hat full of chances. And I could the fans were really getting on my back and um, sort of moaning and groaning. And you can obviously hear everything. You're so attuned to it when, when things aren't quite going your way. And I remember when the goal went in. I didn't even celebrate really. I just walked off with my arms aloft, like finally. Um, because it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I'm I'm. It's not that I'm not trying. It's just that it's not coming off. Which I think, as yeah. obviously football fans do do find it frustrating because it's their team and whatever. But um, like like we said earlier, I'm I'm a human being at the end of the day. Um, that's just trying to do the best for the club myself my family and things like that so yeah there was, there's definitely been some uh some funny one funny interactions and things with crowds over the years
0: mm. and then uh you move, and then you made that trip into to London uh Loftus Road uh, QPR I mean how was how was that experience
1: yeah in terms of obviously getting the move and and go signing for a club like that under the, the tutelage of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and obviously Les Ferdinand was the director of football and things like that was was a massive honour and to, to play for to play for QPR was was a huge privilege and an honor in in my career. And I think I was there probably two and a half years, nearly nearly a hundred games. So but I just never really got going, to be honest. The team was in a little bit of a transition. There was a lot of players on um, sort of Premier League wages that they were trying to shift off the wage bill and there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes that obviously don't really get spoken about. So it was tough for a 23 year old who had only played at League One level to be replacing, if you like, Charlie Austin, who was one of QPR's best ever goal scorers and um, obviously a very different type of striker to myself. Um, I played in positions that I would not played in, um, formations that I would not played in. I'd, I'd been very successful in partnerships up front it's not it's only been probably the last three or four seasons especially since i started playing international football that i feel comfortable playing up front on my own mm. obviously i'm five foot nine so it's not <laughs> <laughs> lumping it lumping it up to a big striker is not not gonna work um mm-hmm. and yeah i just never really got going um it's a really tough period uh, mentally because obviously the expectation was huge i'd, I'd signed for a, a big amount of money which obviously i had no control over yeah but um yeah, the, the crowd were, the, for the most part, the crowd were great with me. Obviously, they there was a hell of a lot of frustration on their part as well, which which I understood. But um, yeah, just there was a lot of things I could have done better. But there was also a lot of things that could have happened better. Um, I could have I could have had one that hit me on the knee and went in in those first five games, and the difference that might have made to the rest of my career would have been could have been astronomical, if you like. But it just didn't happen. But I learned a lot of lessons there. Yeah, I became a better footballer there. Um, so for that, obviously, uh, I'm very grateful.
0: Mm. And you know, um, when you kind of uh, talking about um, like a big transfer fee, I mean, it's um, like a lot of people, you know, um, you know, I I would she never know the feeling of having anything like that. You know, I get giddy just like buying a Snickers bar, never mind anything else. So you know, um, how again, how how that like, was your friendship circle, and you know, she went... When the you know, when that type of money was kind of being banded about in the newspaper and whatnot, I mean, was it something that he was really paying attention to? And and again, you know, um, how like was your confidence when when like you know certain numbers had been flotted in the paper, some true, some not true, some you know, what was your kind of whole whole um, emotional uh, psyche towards it?
1: So obviously there was a hell of a lot of banter uh, between me and my mates, because um, like I say, I'm, I'm still I've still got a, a friendship group that, that I went to school with that uh, are outside of football. So yeah, it was a lot of. Um, I don't even know the, the final transfer fee to be honest. I wouldn't even be able to tell you exactly what it was. So um, in terms of being affected by it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was. It was more just obviously the fans' expectations were higher if, if you timed a player for. 250 thousand pounds it's you know, the expectations not as high as if it's sort of two or three million so um, in terms of the effect it had on me it was very very minimal to be honest um obviously it was um, it was a privilege to have moved for that much if you like because obviously they rated me rated me that highly but um things that that I was more interested in was with the amount of goals I'd scored that season that, that had got me the move, if you like. I, I think I'd scored sort of 13 in 14 games or whatever, and then and get, got the move off the back of that. So, yeah, that was more sort of where I was at. Um, mm-hmm. The transfer fee just didn't really, other than obviously my mates give me banter about it, it didn't really uh, uh, come into play much, to be honest.
0: Okay. And and um being under the guidance of Jimmy, I mean, did he take take like the sessions? Was he involved? Um, and let you know when, of course, you know he's a legend at Chelsea. Um, was it like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually with a Chelsea legend, or did you just look at him as as the gaffer?
1: Yeah, he's very much, very much the gaffer. Obviously, I'd spent years watching him and good Johnson. It was up top at mm-hmm. the time um, for Chelsea. They were they were a fantastic partnership. Um, We bited heads a lot because I was sort of young, 23. I was hungry just to sort of continue on the run that I would have been on. I assumed that I would come in and the team would be very much operating around how I wanted to play and things like that. But there was a lot of things I had to learn, especially off the ball stuff, which is probably what I'm known for now, to be honest, Um, as well as being good going forward, my sort of diligence in um, being able to start a press off, sustain a press, um, knowing when to when not to, I learned all of that at QPR. So as much as it was mm-hmm. painful to go through, if you like, um, it, it had a really a really big effect on me going forward. So yeah, I, like I say, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, at the time it was it was tough because I all I wanted to do was stay on the last man, run mm-hmm. off of him, and, and score. That's because that's what I'd been doing at Peterborough. So. Mm-hmm
0: and then you could have made that move to west yorkshire sheffield united um very 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 cold uh, you know i'm from leeds so literally i know it was between south and north it's, it's, it's very cold um what was like that, that transition like for you and and how things went at qpr did you think that you know this is a perfect opportunity to to kind of reset your career and kind of literally Go again?
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I saw it. To be honest, um, we were a young family at the time. My son would have only been sort of three or four months old. So um, we all moved together. We just bought a house, sort of um, just outside West London. So um that whole transition, maybe, maybe I don't give that enough enough credit for maybe the impact it, it probably had. But I had yeah had a great year at Sheffield United. It was one of the it's probably a lot more enjoyable than it sounds on paper because i probably played about six games worth of minutes i think it was a lot of like coming on at the 88th minute up until sort of January where we went and signed another couple of strikers because we were we were going for a promotion and then I, I didn't see a squad from then until the end of the season basically you know, i played more more 23s games than I, I played first team games um but the training group was brilliant we had such a great group of lads and there was no surprise that that team went on obviously got promoted and then went on to to do so well in the prem for, for two seasons or whatever so um it was great to be a part of that that dressing room that club to see what it takes at that top level i think um mm-hmm. the top end of the championship and then obviously the, the premier league as well um mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah i learned a lot i spent a lot of, obviously spent a lot of time with my young family which was important at the time when i wasn't in the squads and things like that which i'm grateful for um obviously i'd a rather been playing football but i think you got a Got to take those wins when you can get them, really. Mm
0: -hmm. You've let, I think, like the key word that um, I've heard from you um, throughout our conversation is family. Like how important your family is, Um, and um, not a lot of people would like put their family, um, you know, almost as probably even more important than football. I mean, how how important is your family dynamic to you, even right now?
1: Yeah, massive. It is the most important thing in my life, without a shadow of a doubt. If I had to quit football to, to do whatever with my family, it wouldn't even be a, a hesitation for me. Um, I've got my wife, my four-year-old son, and then um, a little one on the way in January. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're a really good unit. We've all just moved around together. My wife's been absolutely brilliant through the last sort of eight, ten years of my career. Um, a real, obviously, constant and I think she understands the game. Uh, understands everything around it as well and and having my little man has is, is been um, a great release i think as well because you come home or he'll come he comes to the games now and he, doesn't, he doesn't care um, <laughs> did i did you score no the next thing you can talk about is is, is pokemon or, or something like that so whereas obviously when i was younger it was very much like football was just absolutely everything and you would you'd finish the game at five o'clock on the saturday and you were just consumed by thoughts of football, good or bad until the next time you kicked off at seven on a Tuesday or three on a Saturday. So Mm. yeah, it's been, it's been, I probably had the most enjoyment and probably played a lot of my best football since, since I've had my family, to be honest, because it's the, um, maybe the pressure I put on myself is, isn't as high as, as previously. Mm. And then the
0: move to Charlton, um, again, how did that, like, um, come about. And again, like you, you know, you was a, you was a really big, big pillar in the kind of um, Charlton community. And uh, how how did you feel about putting on that, that like red jersey?
1: Yeah, so we'd we'd been up in Edinburgh at Hearts. um, I'd signed two years, but we'd done one season. We had a terrible season. I had my first ever big injury, um, snapped my hamstring and I was out for like, just over four months. Oh, wow. And so that, that was tough. Obviously, I had I think Max was maybe a year, 18 months. So he didn't understand, obviously, I couldn't move. Um, mm. So I spent a lot of time getting attacked by a one-year-old. Um, <laughs> but that was tough because I'd signed. I'd taken the number nine shirt and made all these claims that I wanted to score all these goals and things like that. And it hadn't really happened for us in the first couple of weeks of the season. And then I went on international, came back, snapped my hamstring, was out until wow. after Christmas um, and I'd never really come back from an injury so from a physical point of view it took me like another probably three or four weeks after coming back fit if you like um, to get going and then I scored maybe three and four towards the end of the season and then the COVID COVID hits and we we, the league gets shut down and points per game we get relegated so yeah it it was a tough tough time and then there was loads of things about um Obviously, everyone was getting their wages deferred and things like this, um, but that wasn't the case at Hearts. Um, so we basically got cut fifty percent, and that was it. We had no say in it, um, mm-hmm. which was which was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of left there on, on a sour note, if you like, with, with that. Not with the club or the fans or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just the whole situation. Um, playing in the Scottish Championship, I think, with a player that's got my skill set it just wouldn't have wouldn't have suited me. So mm. they they obviously wanted to get lads off the wage bill and and um I sort of volunteered and said, listen, it's probably not gonna suit me when teams are playing inside their own box. <laughs> so um <laughs> lucky enough um Charlton, Charlton were interested and yeah like you say it was another another huge club. I, I've been lucky to play for clubs with, with great fan bases. But the first couple of months were tough because it was still COVID, so there was no Mm. fans and things like that. You're in the valleys, a massive stadium, and so echoey (laughs) and there's nobody in it. Um, which was obviously a a bit of a strange phenomenon, if you like. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed playing for Charlton. I I really did. Um, it was obviously a great area to live. Um, got some great memories there. Um, met some really good people that obviously I I still speak to now. Um the club's in a lot better hands than it was than when I first signed and it looks like it's to be trending in the right direction and things like that and uh, the training grounds had improvements and and things so hopefully the the clubs on the way back up. Mm.
0: So uh, throughout that Covid uh, period when there's no fans and you could literally hear everyone speak I mean is there actual banter between opposition players like you know are you are you kind of uh, you know verbally trying to get into his ear and vice versa I mean it does that happen in you know in the well I know it's a stupid question because it probably does but um you know how did how did that affect you and was you someone to kind of give it back to
1: uh, a defender I chat I chat a lot of rubbish during the game (laughs) Um, not so much like banter or anything just general just general chit chat really um some some players don't don't want anything to do with it. And, and some some obviously give it a bit back and, and whatever. So yeah, it's, it's good fun. Obviously football's as, as stressful as it is and as much as you want to win, um, there's still that element of, like I say, a 10 year old just enjoying the game really. Um, if I do something good or, or if the defender hits a nice long range pass or, or, or whatever, um, or if he sells me a Cruyff turn, which happens a lot with the I press. <laughs> um, I always just say nice turn, or if I if the striker scored a nice goal, obviously I, I say the same sort of thing when when we go back to the kickoff, like good finish or whatever. Because um, I think we all just appreciate good football, don't we? I think that's the like I say, as much as you want to win, it's um, it's nice to see. Um, but the COVID stuff was tough because it was more you could hear the manager, and at the time we had Lee Bowyer who was very vocal. Um, yeah, yeah. There was no hiding place from it. You know, when you're at the valley and there's however many people there and they're screaming, the managers you can you can hear him, but you've got the excuse of saying I can't hear you because it's simply so Whereas at COVID, it was like, Kala! Kala! <laughs> there's just no hiding place for it. So um, yeah, it was just it just wasn't the same. I know everybody said it and and um, there was a big thing about it the foot was nothing without fans but a lot of the lads we genuinely feel like that it's, it's not the same game without um having the people in the stadiums
0: i want to go back to your time at hearts uh where you said that you it sounds painful because funny enough i'm I'm literally going through the same injury not not as like, bad as yours but when you snapped your hamstring and he was out for four months i mean um ha- i mean has that, that been like the
1: worst injury that you've ever had? Yeah, I, like in terms of being available to play and things like that, I've always been very high on the, the percentage of being available to train and things like that. Um, never really, I've never really had more than like two weeks off through um, anything like very small muscle strains and things like that. Mm-hmm. A couple of hamstrings um, in the last few years, but even those have been very minor. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, it was, it was I'd never had any muscle strains up until that point, I don't think. Um and I just ripped I ripped it off the bone. So that to be Oh my gosh. How, how? Yeah. What, uh, run, what um, ball it was a bit of a freak one, it wasn't even wasn't even sprinting. It was like a ball over my shoulder and I tried to jump and control it at the same time. And as I extended my leg, just bang, went Oh my gosh. Um but it was on the back of like i we'd played Germany for Northern Ireland, um and I'd done silly amount of silly amount of running in that game and then flew back and then sat on the bench for like 80 minutes or whatever and came on for 10 minutes and just one of those perfect storm things really. But within sort of three or four days I was maybe operated on and was on the way back. So um, clubs are great for that, to be honest, you haven't really got time to be thinking about too much other than just the first step of the rehab, second step or whatever. And when am I going to be back? And mm-hmm. so yeah, it was tough. Um, it was it was definitely a, a tough time because obviously I'd never been injured before so i had I didn't really know what to expect or uh obviously with being a sprinter type player if you like I didn't know if if that was going to be the end of the end of me if you like because I know it was a long time ago now but you look at somebody like michael Owen um players that, that get these big ruptures aren't always can't always come back but luckily the surgery was brilliant and that side's stronger than it's ever been So, mm.
0: Oh, amazing, amazing, and uh, and uh, from like Charlton, um, you are now at Rotherham. Um, how did like that move uh, come about? And you know, was it was it a hard decision for you to actually leave Charlton?
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't obviously my decision. Um, they they didn't want to renew my contract, and there's been a lot of rumor and hearsay about as to why that was. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it was disappointing because. There'd been sort of contract talks going on for maybe six to 12 months that just never materialised. And then, and then I didn't end up getting a contract. So, But the Rotherham was such an easy decision. Uh, the manager at the time, Paul Warren, um, was somebody that I'd always admired, I'd always wanted to play for, just from seeing his interviews and hearing about him from other people. Um, it was probably the easiest decision of my career to be honest to sign for Rotherham. it's always been a mm-hmm. club that i looked at and the way the style of play and things like that and what the fans like what the fans expect is perfect for me it fits me suits me down to the ground so yeah yeah it was a really easy decision
0: mm. and uh, we cannot forget again your kind of in your kind of international uh, career and again um that's amazing i mean 2016 was um was that your first you're like, you're like first senior call up?
1: Yeah, just in time for the the, the Euros, funnily enough. Yeah, um yeah. football's so much about that because like the, the technical levels of people are so that they're so close. That the top boys are obviously very top, but throughout the leagues I've seen there's not much in it. Uh but right place, right time, hit striking while it's hot sort of thing is, is um so important for football. And uh, lucky enough I was sort of right place, right time, scoring goals. Um, moved to QPR, got a call up, did well in a couple of games, scored in my second game, and, and that was it. I was on the plane to the Euro, so um, wow. yeah, it was a brilliant experience. And I, I've loved every single cap, every minute of I've, I've played for international has, has been a, a real blessing.
0: And, and that kind of you, you, you could kind have of mentioned that you could kind have of played against Germany. Um, like she, how was, how was that f- feeling like? And and um, when you're playing against Germany. For Northern Ireland, did you feel that you belonged on that pitch? You must have done. You must have done.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Um, obviously, you understand the quality that these players have got, and there's there's certain moments in games where they where they showcase that. But also at the same time, you realise um, the level was not. You think when you watch these players on TV that you you'd, you'd get beat seven or eight nil, but that's just not how football works. That mm. like. They are more consistent. They are better in in the, when they're when they're at their best. They are better, obviously. But it's when once you're sharing a pitch with them, you sort of realise, well, I can, I can do this. I can, I can play at this level. Um, we've we've had some really positive results um, against big nations. Um, we were really unlucky not to beat Italy um, mm. in in the previous campaign, and I think we were really unlucky. We played Germany about six times in in three or four years when they were at the peak of their powers, if you like. Mm. Um, I think there was only one game where they've seriously outclassed us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great. It's great memories for me um, because I obviously I see Harlan now and what he's doing and I'm assuming my son when he goes up will be um, sort of singing his praises and I'll be able to say to him, I, I, shared, I shared a pitch with him. He scored a hat-trick against us, but I shared a pitch with him.
0: So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. And, and um, I like remember and correct me if I'm wrong, Carl Lafferty was literally scoring goals for, for like fun for Northern Ireland. And like, he was literally one of the top goal scorers at a time in, in like one of the qualifiers. Right.
1: I can't remember. Yeah. What going year into it was. that tournament. Yeah. He was going into that tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was brilliant. He's a great character. Um, he's some player as well. I don't think he gets mm-hmm. enough credit for for the career he's had to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was scoring goals all the time at the international level. I uh, played up front with him a few times and, um, in the Euros, I think he started the first game, I started the second game because he'd come in the, off the back of having not really played a lot of football. He, every time he was on international, he was obviously playing 90 minutes scoring, but he wasn't, I think he was at Norwich at the time and he wasn't playing. So in terms of being able to sustain that for four or five group games or whatever, it was it was always going to be tough. So I think he actually suffered a little bit of injury before the first game as well. So um, yeah, it's great great to be a part of and obviously, um, getting to play with the players I've played with as well, Johnny Evans, Steven Davis, Aaron Hughes, um, it's it's been great for my career as well, learning from these people.
0: love that. And, uh, you know, what, what would you say to, to any, um, budding footballer that's like looking to kind of get into the professional game now with all of your experience?
1: I think there's no right or wrong way to get into the game. If you like, I think it's happening more and more now. I think I was I was very late coming into it, nineteen twenty, and I'd never been in that academy. So, I think if you want to do it, uh, there's just like, like I say, there's no right or wrong way. Um, and I think it's just trying to. It's such an easy thing to say, but staying true to yourself with that that authenticity and knowing knowing your own strengths. I think that was a big part of why my career sort of stalled and stuttered at qPR was I spent a lot of time trying to be the player that, that Jimmy Ford Hasselbank wanted me to be and had come away from the player that actually got me to that to that level in the first place um, became too much of a people pleaser um, wanting to do the right things and and, and obviously um, <sighs> Obviously, you want to. You want to. There has to be an element of listening to your, your coach and whatever. But at the same time, like I say, you've got got to stay true to yourself and and what what you believe in.
0: And can you remember your first sleepless night be- because of football as a professional?
1: As a professional, probably the first the first one I signed at Newport. I would imagine I I don't think I got any sleep in the hotel that night replying to messages thinking about what training was going to be like like you say suffering with that imposter syndrome because i just jumped up five levels or whatever what are the lad's going to think of me um i think it's just um i know we spoke about it earlier that footballers are just human beings so there's no we're not any more or less than than any other person if you like so we go through the exact same emotions if not if not magnified, probably, because of the, the high stress, high pressure nature of what we actually do. I think if people went into work every day knowing that their career was on the line and they genuinely felt that every single time they went into work, um, they might understand a little bit more the sort of um, the mental struggles that footballers go through. It's easy enough to say, well, you get paid for it, but let's be honest, we're not all on on Premier League money. so. Um, there's lads in League One and League Two that are earning less than the average person and having to go through all of that. So yeah, I think um we we, we as lads we, we always laugh about it with um you know when you're getting abused from the crowd, you think um turning up to a building site one day and just absolutely going at somebody for well, that walls that wall's off, or you've not cemented that very well. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what it's it like looked, it's, that's it, yeah, right.
1: it. everything's getting so um everything's so heavily criticized and everyone's got an opinion on it and you're getting tweeted um and it's worse now obviously because of social media and things like that but um yeah it's funny
0: and I, I, but you know it's it's a because again that you know i can't even imagine going going into work and someone i don't know shouting my name I either shout my praises or shout an abuse like i don't know how i would cope either way and and um and, you know you know and again you know p- people kind of talk about mental toughness uh mental health um you know for you know elite you know um athletes um would, is it kind of something that that's kind of now talked about um within your dressing room and you know um and you know if there's any any kind of problems in or outside of football? Do you feel comfortable talking to someone um, at your club about it?
1: I think, I think I'm quite lucky that I've got a, a good network of people inside and outside of football that, that I can talk to. So my agent being one, obviously my family being, being another, um, and various other people that, that I've spoken to throughout the years. Um, but I think, I think obviously the conversations are happening more, but I think most people is overriding opinion or feeling about it is that that's what you get paid for um, it, there is certainly an element of that but at the same time you, you just wish that um, that somebody obviously could could be in your shoes for a day or two because um, it's just the pressure of it is just enormous and I don't think I don't think anybody quite understands that because obviously even when you're training the pressure of a match day is, is tough but the pressure of training day in day out is is massive because um, uh, these people are your teammates they're your friends but of course a, a lot of the time you're in direct competition with them for a spot in the scene like it's it's an incredible um it's an incredible phenomenon really um and it's just not really replicated in anything other than obviously elite sport
0: mm. and again you know um see i'm not wishing you any kind of like a retirement party but you know is it kind of something that you're thinking about and you're kind of next phase in life now um is it kind of you know have you got plans in place have you spoken to you know what's is it is it a conversation that you're having
1: yeah for sure yeah I've always been a bit of an overthinker to be honest so I'm always thinking five ten fifteen twenty years ahead anyway <laughs> naturally um but I'm doing a I'm four years into a sports science degree I've got about 18 months left of that uh, I've got plans to sort of get my coaching badges and then maybe try and get a, another qualification or two before i retire Um i I'll, i wouldn't like to put a number on it but i don't see myself retiring in the next four or five years mm-hmm. obviously touch wood injuries and, and things like that Um yeah i would i'd would like to think that the, the shape i keep myself in and and things like that i'd be physically able to play for the next four five six years i, I don't see any reason why not so um it's coming round obviously um, i mean i'm in that that half of my career if you like um and i'd like to think i'm getting sort of plans in place do i know exactly what i want to do no but um i think it's very much just try and get as many qualifications as possible and hopefully uh something falls into my lap off the back of one of those really
0: (laughs) amazing amazing connor honestly thank you thank you so much for like spending this this hour um with me and um i just kind of wish you like the best. Um, wishing you a few more goals, a few more hat tricks. Um, yeah. you know, and uh, honestly, thank you like so much for for like spending this this time with me.
1: My pleasure. Always uh, always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend.
0: Yeah, great stuff. So uh guys, that is Connor Washington. Um, now plays for Rotherham United. Um thank you, thank you so much for for like Connor. Um Coming on, Um, our kind of next segment will be about Masters football. So actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through the the like results from yesterday's game, and then I've got Owen from Hern Bay and Nana from Catford coming on. So again, thank you so much to to like Connor uh, Washington
1: oh, for joining us,
0: um, um, coming community onto onto the feed so let's ah look at his smoke face (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. all right so um so yeah let's so let's start with division is that division one division one so these are the, the results from yesterday um Kuwuya one in the answer so yeah so the CC that's the kind of cup competitions. Um that's the London Vets Cup sponsored by the amateur football platform. Kawuya one independent two long lane uh home win. Uh metro metro gas in the league two, Leone Stars two in the league, new uh new pack f- four three. Uh, Justin and and Phillips, five. And in the cup, Charcoal, five. Summer Athletic, nil. Oh. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold hold on right here. Am I having a bit of a mare? Let me see what I have. Hold on. Uh, Where is the table? Where is the table? Okay, there you go. So let me go and show you the table uh, of Division One. Uh, Leonie Stars first, Long Lane second, Independent third, uh, Master, uh, South London Masters United fourth, Charcoal fifth, New Pat sixth, Glebe seventh, um, Johnson and Philip eighth, Sporting Santos ninth, Metro Gas tenth. So let's go to. Division 2. Let me make sure I have the correct scores. Okay. Um, again, in the London Vets Cup, uh, Catford 1, Herne Bay 5, Kouya 1, Independent 2, Hollington in the League 11, Norwood, Lakers, Zip. And in the league, again, Parkwood, 1, one um A, 2. And the league shows Wallenham first, Seagas second, Hollington third, Cooley fourth, Catford fifth, Bow Street sixth, Parkwood seventh, London South Ledges eighth, Cray Wanderers ninth, Norwood Lakers 10th. So these are the up and coming fixtures in division two. Um so Seagas have have um Lehman is it Lay is it Layham Wanderers Vets? Um Bow Street Runners have got London South Legends in the league. Cray Wanderers have Parkwood Rangers in the league, Kouya have them. A in the league, and Norwood Lakers have Catford. And in Division 1, we have... You would actually think I would, have, I would actually have this ready. Uh, Glebe versus Kings Hill Vets, Metrogas versus Bromley Vets. Um, Woodcomb Sports versus Charcoal, and all of those three games are in the cup. I'm Not too sure what cup that is. Independent versus Jocelyn Phillips in the league, and Sport in Santos versus Long Lane. So, again, thank you to everyone that's uh, participated in the London Vets Cup, sponsored by yours truly. I have Owen here ready and waiting. He's been waiting patiently since eight o'clock. I can, yeah, yes, yeah, I think he's smiling. Yes, he is smiling. Let me <laughs> Owen, how you doing, sir? Good evening to Brace.
2: Oh good, thank you. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um I'm waiting for Nana, but you know, let's let's just um let's just talk about yesterday's game. Um you're a lot taller than I um um than I thought, that I actually remember. You're a lot taller you're a lot yeah. taller. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I had to go on tiptoes giving you a cuddle. <laughs>
0: oh dear, Nana, how are you, doing, sir? I'm tired. <laughs> oh oh
2: damn. Oh my dear. Oh wow. Oh sorry about that. Sorry, that just just clicked on that bit.
1: <laughs> oh wow wow, wow, wow,
0: okay, okay, but um, yeah, um, Owen, um. An absolute rock for Hern Bay and Shinana, uh, a huge influence at Catford. Wondrous, thank you guys for for coming on. Um, so let's kind of start off and let's let's let let's start off with the with the guests or the away team. Um, Owen, uh,
2: would love to get your analysis of the first half. Of the first half, um, well, that was the most damaging half, wasn't it? You know, I think we we scored within. Two or three minutes of, of the game starting. Um, <clears throat> the pressure was pretty relentless throughout that first half. Uh, what was it? it was, yeah, 4-0 at half-time, wasn't it? So, actually, we won the first half and drew the second, didn't we? Huh? So, um, yeah, that, that was job done in that first half. Could have been more as well. Could have been more. Uh, I think Nano off the top of my head, at least two... There may have been three or four amazing saves from you in that first half as well,
0: huh? No.
4: Yeah, true, true, but you know, it all comes to avail to no avail. Um, I think, N- N- and were just better on the day. They were they were, they were the better team. You know, they, they had a game plan, simple triangles, um, pressing high and um, very effective very very effective they I think they could they, they would go find this competition no
1: mm.
4: you know I, I mean I can give a lot of excuses you know um, in terms of a, de- a depleted side um so on and so forth but a credit where credit is due and be a solid outfit and if you don't you know mash them on the day you know you're gonna be in for hiding it's as simple as that
0: yeah I I think um I think what I what I saw especially in the first half anyway yeah you know again triangles very 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 direct um they know how to play football as well like <laughs> let's not um let's not kind of um cover like things up and their work rate um they they work extremely hard and uh they like make a bad ball into a good ball. And uh and then the first half, again, am again, like it was it was um it was it was relentless and mm. um and um for you Owen as a as a kind of centre back, um, you know, probably going actually I would love to know and like you know, like you don't have to give too too much away, but I, you know, uh, we would like love to know what the team talk was about before uh, before the game started?
2: Um, okay, so we came down, uh, prepared for it to be a physical battle. Um, it didn't prove that way. You know, there were obviously physical battles during the game individuals but as an overall you know we were we were prepared for it to get you know really quite physical um that's not saying anything about uh catford as a team just more the fact that we're coming down into london you know whenever we've played in the past against london sides all different age groups that's typically a standard thing you should learn to expect yeah um but we just wanted to stick to our usual game, which, you know, Nana just acknowledged, you know, that that, that wasn't necessarily a strategy for the game, for that game. It's just how we play. You know, we, we, we played like that for a long, long time. We've brought new players into the squad this year who have elevated us again. Um, we were missing a couple of our players yesterday, our, our players player from last year wasn't there the centre mid I think we were talking in the bar afterwards yeah um, two other players jumped to mind as well weren't there so you know our squad has definitely strengthened this year and yeah we wanted to come down make sure that the journey down wasn't going to be worth a, a waste of our time stick to our game be prepared for it to be physical if it went that way but don't lose our heads and get on with it and that was it yeah
0: um, I think it's frozen. I'm not too yeah. sure exactly what he's doing, um, but um, he was frozen yeah.
2: yesterday in the first half.
0: <laughs> no, you know what? No, Owen. Like, I'm not. I'm not having that.
1: I'm not
0: having it's, that.
3: It's,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. No, but I mean, um, I think. Um, I think second half. um Are you kind of back? Are you kind back with us, Donna? No, nope, we can't hear you. Um second half. I would like to again love to kind of get your yes you, what was it that you know at the at the team talk second half? Was it kind of more more of the same? Was it just to cons- was it just to consolidate? Uh, was it to kind of really go for the jugular? Would would love to know Owen?
2: Yeah, more the same. I I, I don't yeah, think here. We... oh he's just no, cut off here. it's just he's gone. Um, It was more the same, you know, that's, it's maybe, maybe a failing of ours as a team, but I don't think we really know as a team and as individuals how to kind of stop trying to score goals, you know, and consolidate and, you know, try and keep it tight and all that. I think if we're playing a team who are giving us problems attacking wise, then we know we've got to really be on it defensive defensively but it it doesn't really matter we, we just keep on playing the way we we, we we know how to play and that's just attacking 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 we don't ever try and stop tactically to score goals or try and keep it tight so yeah the, 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 the half time talk was you know recognising it was a good half make sure we didn't take our foot off the gas because we have been guilty of that uh, in some games recently um I don't think we did but you guys definitely stepped it up you had a better second half than what you did first half for sure. And
0: Nana I would like love to kind of get your opinion about Catford's second half performance.
4: Um yeah, we sort of woke up a bit in the second half but it was it was just a little a little too late. Um it was a better performance you know, but overall, this is a shadow of the Catford side of that, know. Um, you know, M- Enby seemed to have been playing week in, week out. Uh, Catford looked very cold, you know, from the start, first out, even second half, you know. When we, even when we started to get going a little bit, I think the damage, the damage was already done. Um, I think this is the first game in the month. That Catford have played, or oh, um, you know, the second game, the second game in the month that Catford yes, have played, game. yeah, and probably um, the fourth or so all season. Um, and you could tell, you could tell, you know, in terms of the reaction to the to, to 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 the ball, and they were there for the first one, and they were there as well for the second one. It's like two seconds ahead of Catford, you know, and like Owen said they were working their socks off. They were working their socks off, you know, um, and hard work paid on the day. You know, yeah. um, I would love to, you know, get to play them again at some point. Um, you know, maybe a friendly at some point, you know, with, with, with both fully, um, full squads, you know, um, yesterday was, a, was, was a horror show for us, in my opinion. And, it doesn't reflect Catford, that I know you know I love to mm. have a crack at, again at some point, you know, with, with with both four squads, you know, raring to go and, and see how that goes. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know what? I, this, I, I was, I was kind of um, there, and uh, and um, Nana, like you, like made some outstanding saves, saves in the second. It like it's footy, <laughs> so you made some outstanding saves in the second half, but the ones you think Nana's got they just seem to go in but i mean um i, I you know i think it's the lot of it's a lot of averages you know if you're if you're if you're consistently blocking and and you know you're and whatnot you know like you can't block everything and um
2: it was quick shots yeah. as well Our strikers, yeah. yeah yeah they were taking Pop quick shots, shots Pop getting shots. them off quickly and just catching you you know unprepared for it uh, uh, and you know
4: exactly that
2: yeah, exactly. The striker, that. The striker got yeah. a hat trick, he loves, he lives for goals, he absolutely loves it. Oh, yeah, you um, can tell. He's just one of those. He just he could be a bit greedy at times, but he's a striker, hey, you know, and you don't mind that because he, he absolutely bangs them in. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if, yeah.
4: if you're a striker and you ain't greedy, then you're not a proper striker, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm and it's funny because you know, you would you would like think a striker who, who like, has got a hat trick would be mad at a match, but like for me, um l- like looking looking at you you know like the whole game is it is it Brownlee, uh, Brown yeah, the
2: number eight seven, oh eight.
0: my gosh man never I mean that's I've never seen an absolute complete performance um mm-hmm. in terms of just being um not only aggressive in the tackle Covering so much ground, covering like his teammates, vocally on point. He's like got the passing ability, the first touch. Um, and you know, again, it was the relentlessness. Like I'm sure that he like could have gone on for another 90 minutes.
2: Right. Oh yeah, he's super fit. He's uh he's a fire he's a fireman, um, and he does he's into crossfit. Okay. Keeps himself fit. If you, you'll find him on Insta, plenty of photos of him with his top off because you know he loves that.
4: Uh. <laughs> so, so we we got we got beat by a bunch of firemen who were
2: topless. Yeah, topless firemen. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. we're him and the uh, the other centre mids because we played three in the mid. Um, the left footed one, uh, OB. Uh, we in in our team, we nominated both of them joint man of the match. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It yeah, yeah, yeah. does illustrate the striker. And that's not the first time that's happened to that striker. I've played in numerous games with him when he's scored at least three. There's one game jumps to mind, he scored six goals, and he still didn't get mad in the match.
0: Mm. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's that's still ridiculous. Isn't it? And Listen,
4: and um yeah. before you carry on to no, be um let's I mean, to be brutally honest, yesterday whichever opposition we played, um, our, our team would have made any midfield look world-class. We were that poor. That's that's my opinion. And I know number eight um, and striker, they were, they were on fire because the, the midfield, they had so much space. Mm-hmm. They could literally do what they want. You know, they dropped short, one touch, two touch. I, I don't remember somebody taking more than three touches for their opposition. You know the drop shot, touch the ball, move, move a few steps yet get it again. Bam, 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 bam. Very, very simple. Yeah, but they have so much space to do what they wanted to do. You know, so um, I, again, and because we played them before as well, I e with the mm. the club, I know that they were good. You know, but um, it, I love, I love to have another goal. I really would love to have them go at some point, you know.
0: And um Nana, you know, um you don't have to talk too like much about it, but do you think Catford are in a in a um in a transitional period at this present moment in time? Absolutely.
4: We are we are still we, we are we are in the building stages. Like I said in last season. And we got some sort of um, momentum going. But again, you know, we've lost like six first team players for various reasons, you know, and, and people are slowly coming in and it's never easy to um, get new people in and hit the ground running again, you know. Um, we, we want the quality to come in, you know. Um, quality is not easy to find as well. So um we're definitely in 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 a, in the rebuilding transitional stage and um, we we just need to stabilize this ship you know get some consistency going um win some games get the confidence back um because I, even now i would say individually we have some of the best players in the whole league individually but as a team there's a lot we need to work on There's a lot, and there's a lot we need to work on, you know. Everybody being there training, um, everybody putting 110% in the game days uh, or match days, Um, you know, keeping our heads up, you know, especially when we go down goal two. We've we've played teams, we've gone down two two goals, and we've come back to win three, four, five, two, you know. um, But yesterday, that fighting spirit like that, I, I didn't see it and it showed that we haven't played a lot of games and we haven't been together for so long. It showed there's so many things you can pick up about a careful team, you know, which I'm... Uh, uh, um, you, know, I've, you know, I've always I've praised praise my, for my team and um, I always think for my team. But like yesterday, I, I really wasn't happy at all. And we need to really put that behind us ASAP and, um, you know, get back to the basics and, um, you know, show what we're capable of, simple as that. <laughs>
0: So um, I I had a few conversations with, of course, with Owen and uh, Herne Bay's gaffer and uh, a few of the players, and uh, they said, you know, just 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 don't talk us up, you know. We like going, you know, we like to go underneath the radar. No, no, this that's not happening today. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Owen. Herne Bay are a serious team. Pe- teams out there who are who are still in the in the London Vets um, competition. Herne Bay, and again, we were even talking about it on the. Oh, you know on the sideline hern bay have a conveyor belt of teams not only vets teams but they've got an open age team you have a semi pro team i believe as well so um so like you know hern so hern bay are not a flash in the pan type of team they're they're very organized and they have their resources c- correctly done hern bay are going to be serious contenders for this year's london vets cup Mark my, my words, they will literally give anyone a game. Ah, oh, I mean, if you're kind of looking at um, West Fulham, charcoal, you know, you, I've got definitely 100. I've got to put Herne Bay in that category. I mean, none of yeah, ways. yeah, yeah they are even
4: better on uh, on 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 4G. So teams better uh, honestly, watch
0: out. Yeah, honestly, t- <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're a lot better than um, when we. When we played them before right a lot better
4: oh absolutely absolutely that, that, that there were similar patterns especially the triangles yeah and the movement they really interchange a lot and again if you're not clued on you will you'll get rolled over like really really quickly very quickly you know and yeah they played a lot better than, than, than before as well so i they agree with you bet-
0: they, they like play with aggression And passion where it's very direct, but they know how to play football. I, in the second half, their fullback, their right fullback, made it, literally, made a 40-yard run, made a sliding tackle on our left back and ran all the way back. And literally, without even breaking a sweat. And Owen, at centre-back, he was on cruise control. Owen was in cruise control. I mean, Owen, I mean, how did... How did you feel that the game went for you, personally?
2: Um, well, we saw the size of your uh, two strikers in the warm-up. Um, and so, like, okay, all right, fair enough. You know, in for a big physical game. And and the 23, because uh, he... You, it looked like you first off started with both of them up top, but then the four, he kind of dropped into midfield, didn't he? And it was just one up top, the 23. I can't remember his name. But... Um, yeah, he gave a good physical battle, uh, but I think in the end he became, I may have got this wrong, but I think he became a bit preoccupied with trying to display his strength as opposed to playing football. Um and so, yeah, in the end, and then I think he just, he was getting really frustrated in the end, um, wasn't getting anywhere. And I could tell maybe his concentration had maybe gone off the game. So, yeah, it was a physical battle. Um, but I think me and my partner at the back, well, all did the defence, you know, that I left back, I thought he had an amazing game yesterday. He was so solid, so dominant physically. Um, the right back, we changed that twice, but our whole defence was great. Yeah, it's the very
0: place of it. Cool. Uh, and one thing I'd, I'd like want, want to say, and actually I kind of picked this up straight away, um, and, we, and like we, we all talk about respecting the officials um, from from like Kids League all the way to, to like Masters as well. And there was an incident that happened and um, Nana was very vocal during the game and I know that you spoke to the referee afterwards. I'd love to know what you said to the referee afterwards, Nana. He said a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> He's frozen. Oh well, I mean, um, yeah, there, there was a there was an incident, oh. uh, Nana.
4: We we have tools. I tell you. I will tell you. Oh.
0: Yeah, I'm here. Yes.
4: So I'm I'm saying I'm one to always pray the referees when they do well. And I'm I'm one to to, to rip them a new one as well if 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 they're they are out of order. It's that simple. Um you know, we have tools that we can implement or enforce to manage a game. If you feel a player is um, contesting every decision or making your 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 your, your work miserable, pull it, pull him in. Speak to the captain, caution him for dissent or what, 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 not, and explain what's happening. You don't sh- shout at the player and use some a sort of language, which which is not right. You, you never tell a player to shut up, for example. You know you don't do that. That's why you have your yellow cards and your red cards and whatnot. You understand? If you're if if you're giving a decision, which is, is clear to see that some of them were dodgy it means something's going wrong. So if a player is infuriated by some of these decisions, they have a right to, to be, you need to check yourself and make sure you're doing the right thing. You can call the player and say, listen, I appreciate that someone may not have gone exactly like you would have wanted, but you need to calm down. I'm doing my best here. You know, something of, of those sort, but I never tell a player to shut up. I, 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 Like you heard me, I spoke to him during the game and after afterwards, I spoke to him again and he was very apologetic. He was very very apologetic he, he said as soon as he said it he knew he was wrong um, but in the span of the moment he, you know he didn't admit that but he was very apologetic after the game and that is always good because you know that they have they've learned something and he will never ever say that in the game again you see what i'm saying so um you wish we we, we, we we all say respect the officials but the the officials also need to respect the players to end that respect. And it, it goes both ways. Simple as that. Yeah.
0: So, um, the next picture for Horn Bay, um, uh, who you playing and uh, what's your predicted score? Mm, we got another
2: big game. Um, next weekend, we've got the Kent Cup. Um, so, the Kent Cup and the London Cup are, are for us, our biggest challenges yeah, this year. Um, you, know, you know the backstory. Our league isn't very competitive. However, we are playing one of the better teams from our league um, and they apparently told our manager today that they would they will be giving us the better the toughest game we've had all season. Okay, okay good yeah um I predict we're playing on their pitch not, not great. I predict I predict a three nil win for hern Bay
0: okay? Cool. And um I think Nana's got offline. So um so we have Nord Lakers. I believe we've got them away from home. Now Lakers are bottom of should be penalty. a winner. Um nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. It, you know, um, you know, I think um I think everyone's looking for a reaction after after yesterday's game. And um yeah, like you can't go into any game thinking thinking that you've won because you know you know I think that's disrespectful to to the opposition. Mm.
2: Um
0: and um you know at this present moment in time uh we have to regroup um uh, and um you know we have to we have to make sure that that we do the right things in the right places. So yeah um we've got Norwood, Norwood Lakers away um and uh yeah we'll just we'll just see what happens really. So uh, but no um uh, yeah just to let you know um Owen and to anyone else out there who who's whose teams are still in the competition we will be doing a live draw next week Monday um we were going to do one tomorrow but uh, because of the weather a lot of games got called off ah. so um so I uh, so I believe um, a lot of the games will be happening next next week. So we'll be having a live draw next week, Monday evening. Uh, I will actually let you know, and uh, I'll let the audience know. So, Owen, honestly, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. And again, um, great bunch of lads as well. Um, kind of, uh, they, 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 they literally um, deserved every. Yeah, they literally deserved it yesterday. Um, literally worked hard, um, and uh, and uh, they did all of the right things in the right places. So. Guys out there, let me just repeat myself. Hern Bay are a team. I, I you know, see, I'm not gonna say they're a kind of team to fear, but th- honestly, I'm literally looking at a semi-final place minimum. Semi, semi-final place minimum. Do not let Owens poker face fool you. I'm telling you, he's a rugged defender that will be in your ear. Um, trust me, Hearn Bay are a serious
2: team. <laughs> <laughs> You've been rumbled now, Owen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll back us. I'll back us in any any game. I'm not saying I'll back us to win it outright. I'm, I can't. I'm confident. I know I know we've got the squad. Um, it's all about whether we can get them there on the day. That, unfortunately, was a bit of a challenge for us last year. But we still got to the quarters. We'd love to get sporting kits again because... You know, we feel we didn't really give a best a best um, show of ourselves last year, and that was a one-nil game, scrappy goal as well, contentious. Um, so we'd love to get them again to see if we can write that wrong. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely, I'd back us. Yeah, you know, I'm confident because I, I I know the lads. You know, I know the squad. It's you know, it's got stronger this year.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, and and again, just for just for some kind of uh, research purposes, home uh, got to the quarterfinals of the London Cup last season
2: and semi-finals of the Kent Cup. Yeah, lost on pennos to Metro Gas and they won it. Yeah. So it is it, quite eye-opening to see that they won the Kent Cup and they're bottom of division uh, of the premier division, aren't they? Yeah.
0: There, you know, there you mm. go. So so again to just to any teams out there, do not think because Home Bay, especially away from on, well, we'll actually take him all the way down into deep south or wherever you are. You know, honestly, like they are a serious team, team full of winners, team full of winners. Owen, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and, and um honestly, it was kind of great um actually connecting because again, like we've we've like spoken for
2: how many years now?
0: And uh yeah,
2: yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah it really was. Yeah, p- absolute pleasure to get to meet you. Um Shame about the joint circumstances. Clearly, I'm happy, but maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, and honestly, fair play,
0: fair play. And uh, oh, and honestly, thank you, thank you, like so much for your for your words of wisdom and also support as well. Um, you know, yeah, supporting the channel, and of and of of course, you know, Nana as well. Um, big big shout to like you support the channel from from the start. Um, and again, um, thank you, like so much for your. For your feedback, Owen, I will let you go, and and I'm sure I will speak to you soon.
2: All right, good night. Thank you. Right.
0: So let me bring Millie into this. Millie from Hollington. Uh um, Yeah, this is this. So you know what? I'm I've got to keep this moving, man. I got to keep this moving, man. How how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. You? I'm good. Well, you know, you know, what? yeah, good. Good, 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 good. You know. Of course, um, I, well, you you like probably heard heard about the result, um, but you know, again, you know, um, we move, we move, but uh, let's uh, let's kind of talk about um, like fortunes of Hollington, um, 11 0 against Norwood Lakers, yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of very hard to, uh, you know, I'd literally love for you to assess the game,
3: um. Uh, So, going into the game, obviously, we know about their results and kind of obviously looking at league table, whatever. But um, like I said to Shooks, for us, it doesn't really matter on any of that stuff. Like We're going to approach every game exactly the same until the end of the season. So, it's it's always the same thing. It's business on the day and we're going to take it serious every time we step on the pitch
0: confidence must be sky high, you know, still beating in, in like league competitions, um, double, double figures against, you know, uh, an established team in this league as well. Um, again, you know, um, what's, what's the whole, um, feeling in the camp right now? Um,
3: obviously we're, we're content, we're happy. Um, I don't think much has changed really. Like we know what we got to do going forward to get to get to the to the next, you know, the next step, and um, we're just gonna take every game. Like I said, the same. It's it's the same thing every week. Mm. Every week. We're, look, I said to Shugzy the other day. Um, I can't. I always forget the same. But um, preparation is the key, innit? And the way that we prepare. So we've played our game on Saturday. The preparation starts from the final whistle. Then we have training during the week and everyone gets ready for the following Saturday.
0: And how important is it to, to literally have a have a squad that's literally singing from the same hymn sheet?
3: Uh, if you're trying to be successful, it has to be that way, isn't it? Like, the way everyone... This season is so together, so so focused. Every game, everyone wants to do better. So it's like, yeah, we won 11-0, but now nah, that's in the past. We move on to the next game and we want to do better than we did the last game. There's always things you can improve. So mm-hmm. going forward, when we approach the next game, we might want to, I don't know, say defend better, uh, wh- whatever it may be. Mm.
0: And and um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you guys have entered into the the London Vets Cup, right? I'm not too sure. I've not seen your name.
3: I'm only in the league cup.
0: Only oh, yeah, league cup. And uh, do you know the the reason why you didn't enter the the um, London Vets? I, I think um, from from talking to the manager,
3: it was kind of he didn't know where he would be with you know like the amount of players he might have, so he didn't want so much pressure on on the team as a whole if he didn't have the players to go in all those cups, I think. That's that's kind of like where he was getting out
0: And his focus is the league. And um with the players that you have no not yeah squad. Um do you think your manager has has a well not a starting eleven, but you know there's kind of certain players that he Relies and trusts uh, to to literally get the guys going.
3: Yeah, I think every every, every team should have that. You're always going to have your your core that probably pick themselves, and then whoever's available. You know, everyone people get injuries and commitments on Saturdays. People got families and stuff. So, but from from our perspective, I don't really think our team is changing much week after week. And I mean certain certain games we've had he's got like 20 people
0: available he can only pick 17. and and with the 16 or 17 that actually come um how how like do you keep everyone engaged um you know players that are not getting you know minutes or you know what's the what's the kind of communication like
3: uh, well, he's told everyone from the beginning. Like we've we had a meeting at the beginning of the season, and he's he's put it up there so everyone kind of knows where they stand on on regards of that. But I think I think every I think every week we've had 17 and everyone's played, so it's it's everyone's getting getting on the pitch. Do you know what I'm saying? You might not get. I don't know. You might not get the minutes that you want, some people, but they're still playing a part, and they're still important part of of the family.
0: And uh, for you personally, I, you know, are you can kind of happy with your p- performances so far? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um This team
3: right now, playing playing in this team and playing a part of this team. I don't, I don't think I've enjoyed football as much as I am now in years like every week i can't wait to just saturday turn up pack my bag the night before do you know what i'm saying it's just it's just a it's a good feeling all around all around it's just it's nice obviously it's better when you're winning but like i said to you the way that we prepare i don't expect anything less than than for us to go out there and win
0: and like you know there's a like a lot of people say you know in terms of um confidence and ability and hard work if if like everything is right then literally you like have the perfect team and um hollington you know literally have that mix almost right yeah i think i think we've got a good platform i mean the
3: the forget the players like the manager the staff behind the scenes like everyone has an important role to play and they they do it to their best ability it's just on, on the day we for us as players to turn up and when they're doing all that hard work is to you know let us show our appreciation by going out there and doing what what we
0: can do. Um, regarding the media side of Hollington, yeah. Um, do you do you guys record your game or was it just the final that you that you recorded? No, the final the final was the only game
3: that we've recorded, but we we get um some people record like the goals and stuff, but
0: um like we don't record the actual, the actual, you know, like game. Mm.
1: First
0: and first. and actually, how how important is it for, for masters teams, vets teams to to let you now start creating a footprint, a digital footprint of goals, games, personalities, because actually what you guys do re- really well, um you like have a, almost like a player profile, yeah, 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 and and um and I've not seen that in vets, uh, and again that that kind of makes me want to know more about Hollington, and actually makes me want to know more about the individual players. Um, yeah. you know, that's yeah. I mean, how how important is the digital side of? Oh, um, well, I guess like, I, for any team, it's it's
3: as important as you, as you make it as a team. But I think for us, um it's important because you know like look everyone's given a lot of commitment to to doing this do you know what i'm saying so like these little things that we're adding and and the extras is is building something because in in masters football like there's clearly something here there's there's clearly something there for people to pay a interest and see do you know what i'm saying
0: there's been a lot of talk and and i've mentioned it on like my like platform and like i've had private conversations about um probably merging some of the teams from div 1 to div 2 yeah is that something you think that will benefit the league um and you know is it something that that you you like personally would would like love to be in, involved with yeah look 100% at, at any level of football you play you want
3: you want to be playing the best teams you want every week to be competitive Excuse me. Um. So I think merging, especially this season and being involved in, in um, Division 2 and seeing little things that are happening, I think it's really important going forward that they do something like that because, I mean, how, how else are they going to keep players engaged and want want to turn up? Because, like, you know, you play in Division 2 yourself. Like, there's a lot of teams that I don't really feel like they're taking it serious enough for the teams that do want to take it serious
0: no it's true I, and, and um and I've not and I've not really you know really really said it but I'll I'll probably say it now is that you know I'd say in the next three to five years a lot of the teams that we're talking about or that we know will have folded yeah um, um I'm kind of sure.
3: thinking to myself some of the teams that we played this season already are they even going to make it to the end of the season? I mean, how, how if you're a manager and you're putting in all your time and effort to running a team and running a football club, and you're turning up every week and and getting results that, let's be honest, no team should be getting beaten like some of these teams are getting beaten. How how do you then the following week gather eleven players to, to want to turn up and pay money to come and play football?
0: Very true. Not easy. It's not easy. You've you've like seen how like close it is at the top. You know, you've got Wallenham, Seagas, yourselves, um, ourselves as well. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's four teams. And I'm sure there's like another team as well. Um, I can't figure out the name. Is it Kouya? Pavotekouya? Um, how, how but like yeah. there's, but there's about five. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, It's about five teams and you're like the only teams, so, I believe that are still unbeaten in the league, but one of them are doing well. Yeah. See, guys are still unbeaten. Sorry, um, as well. Like, it, like the competition is is um, fierce in this league. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's is. it's. Is.
0: But mm. the only
3: way to win is keep winning, play everyone, and we will see what happens after that. But I, I personally, and I know my teammates, we can't. We want to play everyone. We're like, if we could play everyone now, we would.
0: Yeah. You know what? I mean again uh that that kind of uh, result um again, you know, should should um I'm not gonna say strike strike fear, but you know, um beating being, being so 11, um, like it shows that that relentlessness, um and you know, and the sheer coldness in terms of wanting to put more more past the team. It's kind of not just about beating a team, it's about um really just yeah just 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 killing the team off and um she, a result like that just just shows, it, that. It shows that it, I don't know how
3: to put this but all right yeah we've played um Norwood Lake so that's the first time we played them and then like on the return fixture mentally we wanna be in the heads before we've even stepped on the pitch. So that's that's part of playing well and and executing the game plan that's put together on the day. Facts,
0: yep. thanks, thanks, Millie. I'm not going to ask you the question in terms of um uh Hollington's ambitions because I know exactly what Hollington wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like Millie, uh, captain of Hollington, thank you so much for coming on again at, at like short notice. Um, all you know, always a supporter of of that, not not like only um shows and like people that um support football but again you know just you know just a just a genuine guy so and uh literally i want to thank you for that man honestly thank right. you thank you so much for like coming on what is my... thank you man
3: thank you see you
0: later so um that's millie from hollington um, thank you for like coming on again, thank you to Connor Washington. Yes, George, you're a little bit late. Connor came off at eight o'clock, probably too late. But I'm wondering uh, which player con- Connor learned the most from your teammates. I will literally, um, I'll actually give him a call. I'll actually give him a call and uh, literally see and actually um, see if he, you know if he can give me a like a video uh, response to that. So I will actually do that for you. Um, George and again George big big supporter of of the show um Paul Barrett came in when she nana was talking nana all um always talking honest and, and like sense um Holland turn of comment said um big up skip and uh, great show thank you again to to like the Hollington guys um and again uh big big shout out to like everyone that's um, tuned in Connor Washington um Millie um Owen Nana and um, everyone that's you know in you know, has been watching just to let everyone just let everyone know that I have a show on Monday called The Starting 11 please tune in eight o'clock um they'll be talking about uh, the like, Arsenal Chelsea game the Liverpool Spurs game um and it's a non-stop banter so please tune in every single Monday at 8 o'clock live, please, again, get your comments and suggestions in. Um, Again, I've got a show on on Friday. Um, I'm a partner uh, of the Sunday Football League. And, again, I have a show next week. So, again, thank you so much for like, tuning in. My name is Sabrese of the Amateur Football Platform. Um, And yeah, just kind of uh, follow, subscribe on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Have an amazing weekend, guys. Um, Again, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in.